another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast. I'm Bobby Duran here for the 24-7 Sports Network. Welcome. Uh, happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we're not stopping, though. We have a Black Friday special going on, so we're going to be providing content night and day, 24-7, uh, as as our name would suggest. So um, today we have a very special episode. We're going to do a, a deep dive into Rutgers recruiting and the, and the transfer portal season and, and, and all that fun stuff that it entails. And, and to help me sort this out, I have uh, the man himself, Brian Doan, the national recruiting analyst, covers um, recruiting all up the East Coast, knows the ins and outs of what's going on up and down. So, Brian, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, and uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, yeah but Brian, um, you know, it, it's a busy season. It's about to be a crazy season, especially for you. And, and I think what everybody's really curious about, uh, you know, to start off with, jump right in, is, is the transfer season. Um, uh, are you expecting just like a mad rush uh, once the portal officially opens on December 4th, especially for Rutgers? Um. I, I think it'll be absolute mayhem again because, every, you know, so many kids think the grass is greener on the other side. And it's funny. Mm-hmm. I had this conversation with a few people in the last few days just, in, you know, with schools and speaking with some folks. And listen, it, the, the transfer portal is an amazing thing because there's so many people that get bad advice. And and the, and then the other part of it is, you know, you look at the the University of Pennsylvania kid um, who Rutgers just offered, and then you know turn around. I get mm-hmm. home from a game in Maryland last night, and all of a sudden he's got you know close to twenty offers. Um, you, know, <laughs> it, it, you know, Joey Slackman, the, the D tackle, he's a New York guy. Right. But you know, in talking to some people, you know, the thought was maybe he. He could sneak into the last round of the NFL draft, maybe be signed as a free agent if he came out. So graduate Penn, so you get the degree, which is important. Mm-hmm. Then you go to another school and sign an NIL deal, you know, get an NIL deal, which will probably be for, you know, six figures a figure. And you can help your stock there. And to be honest, the, the you make more in NIL or the, I guess there, there's no risk in going for NIL where if you go mm-hmm. to the NFL and you don't make it, you're done. So you make nothing. You, yeah. You pad your bank account a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you play the, you know, you, you it's a given that you're going to get it. And so I, mm-hmm. I think you're seeing a lot of that stuff. You see a lot of, you know, if you look at the basketball side, Cam Spencer went to UConn and got NIL mm-hmm. money for it. And right. he wasn't, you know, he's not going to the NBA, he'd go play overseas somewhere. So just I think that's the thing that people really um, are just starting to learn about the portal. But to answer your question, yeah, it'll, it'll probably be absolute mayhem again, because just, you know, like I said, you have people with agendas that may not be in the best interest of a kid. Right. And when it comes to Rutgers, Greg Schiano's obviously utilized the transfer portal, but I don't think people uh, realize how much importance now is placed on just keeping your guys here and, and, and you know, and say, why don't you go out by, <clears throat> excuse me, a player at this position or that position? Well, they're trying to keep certain players at their positions. Do you see that uh, inner workings going on quite a bit this season, especially the season they're coming off of? Well, yeah, I mean, and, and I did that story on them during the bye week just about, and, and he spoke about how, Basically, roster retention 
is the big deal. Mm -hmm. And with people, you know, with other schools trying to poach kids and it goes on everywhere. It's not, you know, you know, go, go look at what Mike Elko from Duke had to say or what PJ mm -hmm. Fleck has said at Minnesota. And so there's that aspect of it, but you know, that's why the NIL stuff is, is important. It's not as much for the high school kids in a big way. You know, when you're talking about Rutgers, you know, Illinois, Minnesota, Nebraska, and stuff like that. It's, it's more like just, you know, keeping your kids on the roster who are performing well. Um, I, I think that's huge. And, you know, listen, it's so easy. And I, and I see it all the time with people. Oh, just go get an offensive tackle. Go, go in the portal mm -hmm. and get an offensive tackle. Look, if you're going to get an offensive tackle who can start at a really, you know, who, who, who's a really good player who can come in and start at a good Power Five program, mm -hmm. you're talking anywhere from four hundred to six hundred thousand dollars, right? So, mm -hmm. so you know, it's like so. So it all goes back to the NIL, and and I don't want to turn it into an NIL discussion with Rutgers, but when you get no help from the administration, well, now you got to turn around and get you know get all the NIL money. I know, I know, Shiano went on a NIL meeting. You know, he's doing it during the season, right? That's and and so when you're not really getting any help um, for individual sports, that that's that becomes an issue. And then you're talking about for premium positions, offensive linemen. You know, if you ever wanted to get a, a really good defensive lineman, especially when it can get the passer, you know, that's a lot. And then you look at quarterbacks, and for the most part, if you if you look around college football, quarterbacks in their first year of transferring have mm -hmm. not exactly lit the world on fire, you know, whether, right. you know, Sam mm -hmm. Hartman's been solid at Notre Dame. I mean, Devin Leary struggled at Kentucky and you just go down the list. It, it, at the end of the day, you can, mm -hmm. you can help your depth with the transfer portal. And I think Rutgers will do that again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I could see them maybe going for a receiver. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, you turn around, you look at Penn State, I think, brought in two or three receivers, and none of them were, you know, Penn State's still in the market for elite receiver and transfer portal this window. <laughs> they're they're right. just, you know, if you're, if you're that good, probably going to the NFL after three years, you know. And so, you know, listen, if Devin Leary was going to be, a, you know, a really high NFL draft pick or kind of like a third-round draft pick, he would not have been at Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And I think people lose sight of that easily. Right. And, and when and I say Brian, he wouldn't be at Kentucky, I mean, he would have gone to the NFL. Not, uh, right. It's not right. a thing against Kentucky. It's you would have gone to the mm -hmm. NFL. Right. And I, no, Brian, I, I get asked a lot, of, you know, uh, in regards to other schools, and I can't speak on it, you know, as in-depth as I can with Rutgers' situation, but pretty much every school is going through this retention issues. Is there anything you see at certain schools that they're really doing well? Because people always ask, what's the example kind of, or, or is everybody just kind of going through a mad scramble at this point? Is there anything you can point to that, that might be, you know, something that's really working that Rutgers could try to emulate? Rutgers lost nobody last year that they want that there was nobody they wanted to keep that left. Right. Okay. So they did a good job. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as these NILs become more emboldened and people decide to jump in these kids' DMs and all that stuff, you know, it's mm -hmm. a battle every year. 
And mm-hmm. I mean, right. <laughs> okay, what can you do? Make sure that whatever the market value is, that you're able to do that. That's what you can do. Mm-hmm. Because Bobby, okay. you know, and I know anybody mm-hmm. out there listening, if you said, hey, you do the same job, mm-hmm. but make two or three times more money than right now. Right. I think a lot of people would, you know, listen. Definitely. Definitely. And the window's so small for some of these kids to make that money, it, especially it, in football. Well, that's what I said. That's why I used the Cam Spencer analogy, you know, mm-hmm. story. It's, it's like he leaves and, you know, the word is he got a lot more NIL money there. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you fault them? Now, you can say the system's broke and all that stuff. And of course it is. But that's not what this mm-hmm. discussion is. Right. This discussion is players within the system that exists. Right. So yeah, and yeah. and especially the the physical nature of, the, of football, you know, right. everything could be done in one play. So um, and I look at it this way, and I and I look at it the same way in recruiting too. Like mm-hmm. you know, high school kids go where you're gonna play. Like everybody, oh, I can't wait to go camp at Alabama. Camp at Alabama, mm-hmm. not get an offer from a Power Five school first, but it's like, you know, if you go to the right situation out of high school, you'll play or you'll get plenty of tape. And if you're good enough, the scouts always find you. They don't, there's no secrets anymore. You know, right. it's like, it's like, and Bobby, you and I spoke yesterday. It's like, oh, look at the Kansas City Chiefs got such a deal with Pacheco in the seventh round. Well, mm-hmm. okay. But if the Chiefs thought Pacheco was going to be that good, they wouldn't have waited till the seventh round to take him. So, you know, let's let's be honest. Oh, this walk-on, they do a great job at walk-ons on this program. Well, if the coaches mm-hmm. thought he was that good, he wouldn't have been a walk-on. So, uh-huh. um, you know, it's but stuff like that. But it's like you, you have to go to places you're going to play. And one of the things that you look at is say, okay, kid's going to go to a school and be a – he's a depth guy at a big-time mm-hmm. program. Or he can right. go to a mid-level program and start, and right. pro- maybe maybe also increase his draftability, and you know, so it, it's almost like you're betting on yourself. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, listen, man, if I had a bag of M and M sitting in front of me and I was hungry, and somebody said, "Hey, uh, you can either have that now or like in a week, I'll give you four bags of M and M's," I take the bag of M and M's now. So. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So I, I think, yeah, everybody's gearing up for, for just the, the wild, wild west season. But, you know, in terms of Rutgers, they filled the recruiting class relatively early. Uh, relatively early is, a, is a, <laughs> a changing term every year now, the way things are changing. But, you know, Brian, only two commits need to make official visits. I, I believe one scheduled official visit of an uncommitted guy. Um, what are you expecting from that standpoint in, in, in the high school recruiting area? Is are names maybe going to pop up, or, or do you think they're kind of pretty much done for now? Um, I, I think you could have a name or two crop up. I mean, you know mm-hmm. what what Rutgers has done is not unique. It's kind of like that all across the country. Um, mm-hmm. There's very few 24s that are still on the board now. If you're, a, you know, I, I watched one play on Sunday down in uh, just outside of Baltimore, Ernest Valora D tackle. He still has to make official visits, really hasn't done anything, but he's in the situation of being 
the exception rather than the rule. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if something pops up, they'll be fine. You know, they'll, they'll move on them if they think they're good enough. You know, I always say, you know, you'll see programs now take kids and they're like, well, can he really play there? You know, that's kind of a reach. And mm-hmm. that argument doesn't hold water anymore because there's no mm-hmm. more initial 25. You can take as many as you want as long as right. you're at 85 pretty much by the start of camp. Now, it means mm-hmm. some, you're going to have to have those tough conversations with some kids about leaving. But if you take a kid who maybe, eh, I don't know if he's good enough, but he has all these measurables, you take him, mm-hmm. you develop him for two years. And if he's not good enough, then he's in the transfer portal and maybe goes down a level or something. Right. But, it, it, you know, the, the game has changed in that standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I was talking to a school about um, just in terms of the portal and high school kids and they're like you know all these schools are going after the you know they're saving stuff for the portal but these high school kids if you take them and develop them for two years they're going to be better than anything you can get in the portal and and obviously right. it wasn't uh it wasn't one of the top five or top 10 programs but you know i go back mm-hmm. to even like you know everywhere you look there's there's kind of like mixed results with kids in the portal um, right. There's 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 no guaranteed hits with portal guys. Mm-hmm. I think Rutgers has done a relatively successful job with you know if you look at the numbers of guys who succeeded because you're going to get guys who aren't going to pan out but they've had some guys that have contributed and you know he, he's done pretty well but uh, you know in, in terms of high school recruits also wanted to ask a question I get a lot is do you think they'll 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 go after some flip try to flip some guys or or you know maybe some coaching changes or some of those guys have become available is, is that an area you think will be a focus a little bit or or is it you maybe not in the cards this year no I mean it's always a focus it's just whether it works you know what I mean mm-hmm. like like it's just whether you have the connection to a player who maybe is committed somewhere and there's a coaching change or the season doesn't go as you want it to. But, you know, you, you look at Rutgers and Rutgers has done a good job. I know NC state was trying to make a move on Ben black. And I think everything's okay for everything. I hear everything's good with Ben black. He'll, he'll sign with Rutgers, but you know, Rutgers is out there being diligent and making sure their recruits are on board. And I know this will shock people, but, Everybody works hard in recruiting. So, yes, Shiano works really mm-hmm. hard. And Chris Ash worked really hard in recruiting. So right. you're always, you know, so all these other schools do. So when you say outwork, okay. I, don't, I don't know if you're really going to out. You, you outwork them maybe in, in evaluating, spending more time evaluating or getting kids to campus. But, yeah, they're always going to look. Like if some stud D lineman, stud receiver, stud linebacker all of a sudden becomes an option, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. You're you're always trying to upgrade your talent, right? And again, with no initial twenty fives, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter anymore. You can do whatever you right. you know. You can bring if you want to bring in eighty kids, you could, right? So yeah, you know, I, I think it changes that perspective on things. Okay, and as quickly as everything will be in a in a frenzy over the month of December, all of a sudden, uh, you know, quiets down, and then the the, the 
the shift goes to the class of 2025. And, you know, um, I know Rutgers has steadily been bringing prospects on the campus. Um, how do you think they're faring with that? I know a lot of people give us the question all the time, you know, who's who's on the radar for an early commit. But, uh, you know, I know it's tough to single out a guy or two in, in that regard because they're still, you know, going through the process. But how in general do you see that that 2025 class uh, recruiting going for Rutgers? You know, they're doing a great job with laying foundation and groundwork with everything, with getting kids on campus, letting them see what they're about, right? Not only from um, on the field, but also off the field and, and just making sure that the coaches are connecting well. And listen, you, you can say whatever you want about however this season ends, seven and five, six and six. I mean, if you look at the strides the program has made from that mm. last year of Chris Ash to now, where you used to watch games and be like, well, I mean, they're still in it in the second quarter to where the, <laughs> the discussion is now, well, they should have done this against Ohio State and they could have won. I mean, right. It's Ohio State. And, but that it's tells you where things, right. And it tells you where things have elevated to. And, but they mm-hmm. still have to figure some things out on offense. I, I, I think Chirac has done a great job because he understands what he's been tasked to do. But, mm-hmm. and I say all this stuff knowing that they're recruiting kids saying, hey, if we had you on offense, we could do this instead. Or this right. is what we want. And, and Greg will go back to talking about how Mike Till threw for a thousand, three thousand yards. Ray Rice ran for two thousand, and he had like mm-hmm. two or three thousand yard receivers. So it's not like this is his style. This just happens to be the style they think is best to win. And mm-hmm. you know, I go back to the whole seventy nothing loss to Michigan. One of the reasons that happened is because Rutgers decided to keep running no huddle down forty nine nothing, whatever it was. But like all this, and I bring all this stuff up because. This is the kind of stuff they speak to recruits about and what mm-hmm. they can do. And, and you look at, so you talk about laying the groundwork. Well, I look at like, okay, you know, Rennick Duralis, the kid from Union who I've seen play. He's a fantastic athlete, needs to mm-hmm. obviously add size and weight. Whether you're going to play him in the secondary or receiver will be determined, you know, on how he develops. But Rutgers has done a great job in recruiting him. And mm-hmm. he's not ready to commit right now and i'm not saying he's going to wind up at rutgers but they've got him on campus a bunch john forster the running back from st joe's montville is supposed mm-hmm. to be at the game against saturday they've gotten mm-hmm. him on campus and they've done a really good job of building that relationship they got cam miller you know the the corner slash receiver from winslow down down in your neck of the woods and mm-hmm. so they've done a really good job of getting those kids on campus a lot because they're local and, and they do a good job with getting, you know, the Midwest kids, right? Obviously we see a lot more recruiting in the Midwest and mm-hmm. they're able to get some of those kids on campus during the right. season. And, you know, w- when you look at it, it's, you know, they, they have the one commit, the, the quarterback out of uh, Creekside down in St. Augustine, was it Ashenfelder? Um, yes. They have him, the quarterback which is key to have somebody on board that early at that position who you really like. And, and they really like him, obviously. 
but mm-hmm. this is kind of like the feeling out process for a lot of 25s who look at Rutgers did a good job getting these kids on campus and especially for some of the local ones but these kids have to go see some other schools right I think and so I think that's what the winter is about and that's why you start seeing more things happen in January February March now I will say you know I'm curious to see what happens with basketball because um you know, they lost a lot of really good players from their team last year, and basketball mm-hmm. became a recruiting event at Rutgers. You remember, Bobby, mm-hmm. there was a time now where you you didn't bring football recruits to a basketball game because, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've done really well with using that in the past, and I'm curious to see if that's going to be available this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, at least in the early going, it might be, you know, you never know how the right. season's going to plan out. But um, did you see, you know, they've really kind of uh, changed up the whole, you remember afterwards, it was always junior days, junior days. Now they bring a lot of them on campus. You know, Rutgers has been right. doing it in, in the basketball venue as part of that that type of visit. Do you see that continuing? I mean, are the junior days, traditional ones kind of becoming a thing of the past in terms of that they're evolving into just something different? Um, at Rutgers, yeah. I mean, other schools will still have, you know, when, when Duke plays North Carolina, pretty mm-hmm. good junior day. There's okay. A, there's a lot of things with that. Um, but at Rutgers, yeah, because they get a lot of kids on campus, they want to make it more of a, you know, a smaller crowd where it's more intimate with recruits. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I can, you know, I, I think that's the way they're trending and it, and it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. And I, I will tell you this, if this, it still has to go through and get finalized, but if there's no more of these photo shoots, <laughs> oh, that's that will allow Rutgers to have more kids on campus. And it, and it sounds ridiculous, but that's the truth of it. Truth of it is yeah, it, that you have a contingent of kids who care more about photo shoots than anything else. And it's, it's not the majority of them, but there's some, but you also have to bring those kids to campus because of who they are, because of mm-hmm. what they do and everything, um, you know, in terms of relationships with other players or programs. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think with Rutgers, though, you're, you're going to try to keep it intimate um, just because you can get a lot of you can get kids on campus pretty easily because of proximity mm-hmm. of the Northeast. Okay, and excellent. Brian, before I let you go, um, anything else we didn't touch on that you think might be pertinent at this time of year uh, as it relates to recruiting? Yeah, I, I think, you know, and, and I know I haven't been on for a bit, and I, I keep hearing people talk about how um, Rutgers and, and other programs are development-type programs. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people fully understand what that means it doesn't mean you're not getting good players it just means that at some programs you're getting kids who are ready to play as freshmen early in their sophomore years and be ready to go where Mm -hmm. places like Rutgers it's going to take a little bit longer for them to develop and really be ready to go it doesn't mean they're lesser players or not as talented or anything like that it just it just means it's going to take them a little bit longer to get onto the field or have a big impact and I think when right. you look at recruiting, that's that's something you look at. 
everywhere. And, you know, it, and it, it kind of speaks to the to the class this year. They have a lot of talent, but, uh, you know, Jay Sean Benjamin and Ian Strong are the only ones that really made uh, extensive appearances throughout the season. And, um, you know, those guys get that full season. I don't think feel people can fully appreciate what goes into that redshirt season. It's a lot of growth, a lot of development, and they really look like different people um, coming into the next year. Yeah, I mean, you're you're lifting on a different schedule. You are have you know your your nutrition is different, and mm-hmm. you know the other thing is a lot of these kids are going through a different kind of schooling for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, man. I mean, it, the whole right. adjustment. There's so many things that you have to adjust to, and mm-hmm. I understand I have to go to these five classes and I have tutors, but. Wait, I actually know how. Wait, how how big is this playbook? How how complex is this <laughs> offense? Wait, uh-huh. wait. If the safety steps takes one step this way, it changes my route in what? And so yep. you, know, you go back and, and you. So a perfect example, Bobby. The interception at Penn State, where mm-hmm. it looked like Gavin Wimsat threw it to nobody. Mm-hmm. Well, because of Penn State's coverage and scheme and where they brought pressure. Ian Strong's supposed to stop, turn around, and it's an easy completion. Mm-hmm. He's a freshman. Right. And it's complex, and and he got the play wrong. And right. so there's more to it than just being really athletic, really good. There's so much that goes into it. And mm-hmm. listen, when you, you know, I always say, you know, you look at, like, the Iowa's, the Minnesota's, or whatever, when they're really good, mm-hmm. their rosters are filled with fourth-year juniors and fifth-year seniors. That's who's mm-hmm. playing. And that's what right. you do when you develop guys in a program. So I think point, that's, that's, the one, that's the one thing I want to bring across, you know, get across. Oh, okay. Excellent. Well, Brian, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, uh, you know, I hope you have a th- happy Thanksgiving. Last one, what's your go-to Thanksgiving uh, plate? Oh, man, it's just turkey with stuffing, sweet potatoes, and uh, – Lots and lots of like dinner rolls, and then you got to follow a wash it down with a lot of pumpkin pie. There you go. (laughs) There you go. All right. Well, there you have it, Brian. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Appreciate you coming on and appreciate you listening. And for the listeners who are not VIP members to Scarlet Nation, you can get in for 75% off now. It's our Black Friday Cyber Monday special. So if you're not on, get on. We're here talking 24-7 Rutgers football, Rutgers basketball. You can chat with myself, Chris Sikonis, Brian Doan, Sean Brown, everybody in the the building. Well, not an actual building, but... (laughs) a metaphorical one so happy thanksgiving to everybody thank you for listening and we'll see you again next time